what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West. I'm with my co-host, Camo, and we are here for a Super Bowl pod. Camo, you there? I'm here. Cheers. Happy uh, happy pre-Super Bowl uh, Friday Eve. Cheers. Cheers to you, brother. Okay. We are recording live Zoom podcast sort of format. So I can see him. You can see me. And we're drinking beer virtually uh, for 2021. But honestly, Kmo, are you excited for Super Bowl LV? It's going to be at Tampa Bay. And this is the first time in, the, I don't know, like what, 50 years where you have uh, one of the Super Bowl contenders, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, playing at their hometown. And, you know, you have the Kansas City Chiefs who won last year uh, trying to form a dynasty. This is going to be a really interesting game, man. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't realize that it's even happened before where the host team is also actually playing in the game itself. Um, but I guess it probably happened, like you said, a long time ago, but um, pretty crazy. Uh, I remember when Tom Brady first signed with the Bucks, and there's always talk about like, Oh, what if, you know, he could lead them back to Super Bowl. It's going to be in, in Tampa Bay. And then lo and behold, it's happening. So yeah. Uh, looking forward to this game. Yeah. It's pretty funny though. They're trying to make it kind of neutral field, even though it's at Tampa Bay. You know what I heard? Yeah. Yeah, I you know I think just because of COVID stuff, it, it is going to be a little more neutral feeling. Just because I read there's only going to be like twenty five thousand fans there, and you know, all these restrictions, they're not doing a lot of the other kind of pregame antics and stuff. So, so check this out though. So it's at Tampa Bay, it hasn't happened in fifty years, and it just so happens that you have a very limited capacity for attendees. But also, you know, at Tampa Bay, this like one of the very few stadiums that has like I don't know a ship with the yeah. cannon. Right. Yeah. 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 I remember, remember so, that. For, for what I understand, just reading the news, they can't use the cannons for touchdown celebrations because that would be biased. They're, they're, they said they're, they're not going to use it. <laughs> so I think that like, they're just you know, like, cause, that, cause that's like a Tampa Bay thing. Like, a oh, yeah. 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 I was like, I was trying to think of like how, how is firing the cannons like, how is it related to COVID stuff? But I was like, no, uh, it's just, it's just a Bucks thing. So I, uh, I guess because it's supposed to be neutral field. Makes sense. I see. I but see. I'm a man, like, so fans, you might as well do the cannons right are they like so just gonna put a put up like an equal number of like banners for both teams around the stadium i mean both teams were red anyway so it doesn't really matter i don't know whatever but i thought that was bullshit i i, I like the cannons yeah it's kind of cool they like the pirate ship and stuff too it's kind of it's kind of cool exactly exactly so okay so heading into this game super bowl sunday it's going to happen at 3 30 p.m pacific standard time mm-hmm. uh the chiefs open favorites three and a half, 57 and a half. And yeah. then the last time I checked, it slimmed down a bit, just mm. the tip, uh, half a point. So it's Chiefs favored by three, went mm. down a point to 56 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can go through all the storylines, what have you. We know that Tom Brady is on the books first year post Bill Belichick. And then you have Patrick Mahomes trying to start a dynasty, 25 years old and he's trying to win his second Super Bowl in back-to-back seasons, right? Crazy. Yeah. So how do you want to, how do you want to cut this? Do you want to talk about offense, defense? How do you want to go about this camo? This is kind yeah. of fun, fun uh, pod. You know, dealer's choice. I think you kind of opened it up a little bit about um, you know starting off with uh, with with the goat Tom Brady here. Um, you know, like you said, his tenth Super Bowl, pretty crazy. And so if he wins this, it'll be his seventh which is in a category all of his own. Like, I mean, he already has six and no one else has that. So 
I mean, clearly it's, 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 uh, you know, it's just adding to his, his legacy. Isn't that crazy too? Because he's six and three and he lost twice to Eli Manning and the giants mm. and he lost to Nick Foles <laughs> and the Eagles. Interesting. So, uh, this one is going to be, I mean, Tom Brady's yeah. 43 years old. Patrick Mahomes is 25. This is kind of, well, it is. It's the old school versus the new school. Perhaps the passing of the torch. And it's just, yeah, it's just very fitting, I guess. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, old school, new school, um, we, we can we can we can compare obviously the quarterback style play how it shifted to the Mahomes style or whatever you want to call it now um, that you know obviously Tom Brady does not do but that, but that he hasn't had to he hasn't had to do that for 20 plus years to be successful obviously um, so I think it's gonna be a really interesting kind of chess match between two old school coaches if there's one thing in common it's looking at the head coaches here in um, Andy Reid, who was in his late 60s, and uh, Bruce Arians, who was also in his late 60s. So uh, two old school guys who were going to have to scheme the crap out of this game. So let's go ahead and begin, okay? So when Tom Brady, when the Tampa Bay Toms have the football <laughs> and the Chiefs are on defense, I mean, one way I look at it too is, let's not forget, Tom Brady and the Bucks. they beat the Packers last week or two weeks ago. But did Tom Brady really win the game for them, or was it their defense? Let's not forget that Tom Brady threw three picks, mm -hmm. three interceptions in a row, three <laughs> drives in the second half. And if you were to tell me in any other game that your quarterback is going to throw three interceptions in the second half, you would probably not feel good about that. But the, the defense only allowed, I think, what, six points if that's? Um, they came out with the win. Um, yeah, it was, they did an incredible job. So Tom Brady this time around, obviously he's going to have a clean slate. He's, he's experienced, but one thing that does note with this is just Tom Brady, the last couple years, when there's pressure up front, down the middle, interior pressure, when the pocket gets pushed on him, when they blitz, like he does not do well. And that is kind of what we saw a couple weeks ago against the Packers when they brought pressure up the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know he has capable receivers, obviously with Mike Evans, mm -hmm. Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, by the way, his hands need to get a little bit better. Uh, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, they got plenty of, plenty of weapons. Gronk, yeah. um, you know, these guys, maybe not the chiefs offense, but they're pretty good in their own rights. I mean, yeah. Just initial thoughts about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Yeah. Um, I, was, I mean, clearly we were just talking about this before. There are a lot of key guys here on the team uh, on the offense. And again, looking at both these teams in terms of where they kind of stack up, it's going to be offense of both sides who are going to be the kind of uh, the key sort of, you know, um, highlight, highlight reel type plays are going to be made or be on the offense, but that's not to say that there aren't some really great players on defense on both teams, uh, kind of going back to the defense on the, uh, on the bucks, like you mentioned before, 
Um, Tom, Tom Brady, three, three picks defense stepped up. Um, I think a couple players to watch and uh, that we discussed earlier um, on the, uh, on the bucks are their linebacking core uh, Levante David and Devin white um, who, you know, had comparisons to other formidable, formidable um, linebackers in years past, but uh, quick story. Uh, when, when uh, back when I was living in the Midwest for a couple of years out in Omaha, I saw Levante David play when he was at Nebraska. Oh, so he went to Nebraska? He went, yeah, he's a Husker. I totally forgot. Okay. Yeah, so I've always, I've always kind of rooted for this guy in the background. Cause I remember during, when he's coming out for the draft, and I think in 2012, um, he played two years at Nebraska. Um, I remember like Niners were like in talks about him. I was like, this guy's awesome. Like, cause I remember when he played, he, he like, it was crazy. Probably one game he had like 15 tackles, something crazy. And I looked up his stats. He, in two years he played, the first year he set the Big Ten record, um, like 180 tackles or something crazy. And second year he was like all first team. So, um, you know, the Bucks got a really good guy. He's been there. He's been there for 10 years now almost. So I think he's kind of like one of those, not necessarily a household name for the common fan, but definitely been a baller for many years now. And then you pair him with a, with a younger guy, Devin White. And, you know, I think that, that at least there, um, you know, shoring up the linebacking core is, is definitely um, helping Tom Brady from, for the defense. So, so here's the thing. Okay. Uh, I, and I don't want mean to like divert, just, just hear me out. So Tom Brady, when they're under center and they're going against the chiefs defense, by the way, not the bucks defense, the chiefs defense. So the bucks, I think to your point, the linebacker corpse, between the Chiefs and the and the Bucks, like the Bucks win that matchup. They have way better linebackers. Okay. Um, I think that this Chiefs defense, well, they don't have their linebackers, but I think overall their defensive line, their front seven, uh not as not as much depth as the Bucks on mm-hmm. paper, but they do have some star studded guys that are notable. Okay. So let's look at their defensive line. Chris Jones as the interior pass rusher. And then on the edge, they have Frank Clark, former right. Seahawks, by the way, right? Yeah, right? And you have former Cardinal, a lot of NFC West guys, by the way. <laughs> Ty- Tyron Matthew, he yeah. is their strong safety, and he, he's like their bona fide leader on there. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they have Daniel Swords. They have a couple other savvy guys, but those are the three that really stand out. Uh, for this defense, their secondary is okay. They have Breland, Brashard Breland. Like they're, they're okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I mean, how do you how do you think Tom Brady's gonna fare? How do you think they're gonna do? Because here's another thing too. I mean, they know that the Chiefs are gonna put up points. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna try to do the whole control the clock, time of possession, try to grind it out and keep the ball away from Mahomes, or do you think they? try to be just as a, uh, that sort of aggressiveness. Cause that's Bruce Arians and that's in his blood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that I mean, we know the chiefs can put up points fast. I mean, obviously going back to Super Bowl last year, the 49ers up big for three quarters of the game and the, you know, chiefs coming back in the fourth quarter, putting up points in a hurry. So I think really in this, in this instance, you really just, need to be aggressive, take as many points on when the opportunities present themselves so you know maybe you might not see 
them settling for field goals as much as, as or in, in another kind of quote unquote safer game. Um, I know the Bucks have had uh, kicking issues as well. So I can see them kind of going for more on, um, you know, a potential uh, fourth and short yardage type situations or things like that, um, because they know that they need to have points up there um, because the Chiefs can score easily. To your point, uh, the one thing that the Bucks do very well is for short yardage, they're they're up there. I think they're a top 10 rushing department just on short yardage, like those one yard, two yard gains. Like they, they do cover that pretty well. Conversely, the Chiefs, their run defense, it's okay. It's a mediocre group when it comes to run defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously looking at the flip side as well, um, looking at the Chiefs, and you talk about their their offense defense. Mentioned great players, Frank Clark, having a great season. Um, I forget he was traded from the Seahawks, right? He wasn't like waived or some shit like that. He was they. No, they, they they paid him handsomely. Yeah, and, um, I believe it was a first round pick and the, and a I think a day two pick, and they gave him wow. getting like eighteen mil a year. He's yeah. essentially uh, the the D Ford replacement. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think when you look, considering the offense on the on the, on the Chiefs, you obviously got to first mention uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, who are, you know, Kelsey is arguably the best tight end in the league, and Hill, who is so explosive um, and probably the fastest player out there. So, um, and then, of course, Mahomes, who can do it with his arm, you do it with legs, all sorts of different kind of all his funky, crazy ways you can throw the ball as well. You, you just don't know what you're going to get with the, with all the weapons they have. Okay, so let's go ahead and divert that way. So all in all, I mean, Tom Brady, that's when he's under center. So when Patrick Mahomes is under center and the Chiefs are on offense, you got the Bucks on the defense. I mean, this Buccaneers defense, front seven, very strong. They have Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned Levante David, Devin White. Uh, they got some playmakers that, that can certainly pressure Mahomes. And what I'm intrigued for this defense against Mahomes is, you know, how is this pressure going to be? Because here's here's another instance as well. When Patrick Mahomes is blitz, he actually feasts on blitzes. He, he loves blitzes. He loves mismatches. He loves fighting the open guy because, you know what, with his legs, and I know he's been battling um, – a foot injury the last couple of weeks, but uh, he strives to use his mobility to find open lanes. So I don't know. Do you, do you think the Bucks will try to be aggressive blitzing? Cause I know that they like to do that historically with, with Todd Bowles, or do you think that they're, they're going to be able to put pressure up front with just rushing four? Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, you know, I think that, it's obviously, um, you know, they're using this time off to study all the tape and all the film of situations where Mahomes is being pressured and how he escapes pressure from, from blitz and what angles he has and things like that. And so they can know in certain yard situations, what is the best plan of attack at that, at that point in juncture. So, and here's the yeah. thing, the Chiefs are one of the most, Pass heavy teams on first down, like um, honestly, even for the Super Bowl, I I know that they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, but I honestly don't think that they're gonna give the running backs like 
over yeah. 20 carries. I think they're going to continue to be pass heavy, which yeah. can play into like how the Bucks play. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about all these teams, you don't necessarily think, oh, strong running game. I mean, they have some some good running backs, you know, obviously and uh, on both sides. But again, you don't automatically think, oh, you know, who was who their, their number one back who's going to get 20.5 carries a game? They don't, you know, Edwards Hilaire had, had a good season. He got hurt, things like that. Um, and then on the other side with uh, Fournette, who, you know, kind of, revitalize his career by getting picked up at the beginning of the season by the Bucks, um, who I think is decent. He seems kind of slow, but he, he kind of gets a job done. If that makes sense. Right. He's kind of like a, the second coming. Yeah. Just, just bear with me. Former buck, but second coming of like LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a good comparison. Right. right. So yeah. Shout out a uh, uh, former Oregon duck. Remember when, he, remember when he punched the guy? I do. Yeah. <laughs> We're fucking old, by the way, because he's retired. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, it's – yeah, I think, again, Super Bowl is not a time to, you know, play conservative. you got to find points and make plays when you can because, really, it's going to be the difference between – I mean, obviously, the two great teams, and it's going to be a matter of one or two big plays that's going to separate these teams, um, especially with the, the current line, KC minus three. Who knows if that gets shipped, if that gets shipped at all in the next day? Probably not, but um, it's going to be interesting. Okay, so going back to that, I mean, comparing the secondaries, Bucks, they're okay. They have Carlton Davis. Um, I hope Antoine Winfield Jr., I hope he plays. You know, they got – their secondary is okay, and I feel like the Chiefs' secondary is okay. Yeah. Uh, may I remind you that Tyreek Hill had like 200 yards the first quarter when, when they last played? Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean – I mean, who's gonna? Uh, yeah, who? How are they gonna? How are they gonna stop him? Like, what are they gonna do? Throw like? And this this is what I'm kind of alluding to because you know that you can't afford just to let Mahomes sit back and throw, you know, and and make a play because he's he's gonna he's gonna kill you, right? Yeah. But at the same time, too, if you're overly aggressive, you know, he, he's he's certainly able to take advantage of the blitz. So you want to. I don't know. You want to have some cover three, some cover four, but you know, you don't want to necessarily not pressure Mahomes. That's what I'm kind of having a hard time trying to figure out how they're going to, um, how they're going to play it defensively. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they can sit, sit back in their cover cover zone. So you can obviously account for Tyreek Hill, or I think their linebackers are certainly capable of defending Kelsey, you know, down the middle. I think, Levante David is is more than capable of that, but yeah, it, you need to find a a good medium of pressure and obviously uh, accounting for yeah. the field, right? Yeah, it's funny. Speaking of, of David, I read when I was reading up on him that coming out in the draft, you know, he's he's obviously they thought he was too small to be a linebacker, and they thought he was going to be projected to be a safety. So I think that kind of speaks to possibly his use in this game, being able to play back and cover a guy like Hill um, if needed, if need be. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, what Levante David brings and why he's so popular now than maybe versus years passes because he's a hybrid. Like KJ Wright on the Seahawks is a hybrid. Mm -hmm. Um, Fred Warner is a hybrid in BYU. He was like a safety linebacker too. So that is the rates now for this pass heavy league. 
it's, it's like these uh it's like the nba comparison like these uh stretch fours who are you know like kd who can play like four positions <laughs> yeah uh that used to be a detriment to not have like a like a tweener you get what i'm saying when yeah. you don't have yeah. a defined role but that actually right, right. It used to be a negative thing. Now it's like you want that. You want duality. Even safeties nowadays, like yeah. Matthew, he's a strong safety. He could certainly play free safety, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's now, what you want to see in your safeties now, actually. Right. I mean, obviously, you can look back. I, I don't. I don't know the size of the of Tampa Bay or Casey's corners, but you know, I'm guessing all of them are probably over six feet because that's kind of the trend these days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Matthew's an interesting case because, you know, he's he's kind of obviously revitalized his career in the last couple of years since being, you know, on Kansas City. I, and I forgot that, you know, he'd actually played in Houston for like a season or half a season or something. He did and, kind of like a like a, a like a proven deal after the right. Cardinals. Yeah, because the Cardinals like he was having off the field issues and other things like that. Right. And he just kind of or what was it? I forgot the situation with that. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I think. He proved his worth outside the whole marijuana thing from LSU, and he, he ascended. I think that uh, his free agency kind of came at a, at a weird time because I know he's outspoken. I know that the position as a safety isn't as valued as, let's just say, a, a cornerback or an edge rusher. So, like, uh, during that time, there, there wasn't a big demand, in at least in dollars, for, for a safety of, of his nature. So uh, he, he got a, a pretty – pretty cheap deal with the Texans and then eventually he went to the Chiefs yeah interesting yeah I think I think knocking him was like again I think kind of going back to the the, the, the era even though it wasn't that long ago was just his size like he thought he was too small um, but clearly you know being this hybrid type situation he can play all over the field he makes he just makes plays so um, uh, it'd be interesting to see how you know where what he does in this game um, against the against the, the Bucks offense and the players that they have, um, you know, obviously a lot of speedy guys in, in Miller and, um, you know, Chris Godwin. And then you guys to, to stretch the field down you know, with uh, Mike Evans, who's six, five or whatever, Gronkowski and Cameron Brait has been playing well recently. So uh, let me ask you this too. I mean, uh, the Bucks have some, maybe you don't have the elite guys at their respective positions like Tyreek Hill or Kelsey. Right. But the Bucks have plenty of depth, and that's what I'm trying to bring home. They have Evans, they have Godwin, they have Antonio Brown, they have yep. Scotty Miller, they have Gronkowski, they have Kevin Ray. That's Leonard Fournette. Like they have plenty of playmakers, but out of the bunch, who is the X factor for for the Bucks offensively? Outside of Tom Brady, I, I obviously I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think you got to look at kind of recency bias. Um, you know, uh, Cameron Bray's been re- playing really well in the last few weeks here this season. Um, is he going to be the guy who's going to be the MVP? Probably not. Um, but I think it's going to be, you know, kind of this uh, different receivers and players making timely plays. Um, you know, like you don't, you have these guys who are good players, you know, Fournette and, and Antonio Brown, you know, from like, you know, four years ago, like, oh man, you guys have both those guys. That's amazing. And now it's like, eh. That sounds so pretty good, but I don't know. Uh, who, who do you think is going to be kind of like that standout in offense for them? For me, and this is something that I, I hope happens because, well, I had him on my, my fantasy football team. <laughs> I don't know if that helps, but uh, Chris Godwin, okay? So, okay. you know, I, I think a lot of attention is going to be put on Mike Evans, especially 
in the red zone and what have you. But Chris Godwin is a big slot receiver. You know, he can play the slots. He can go outside. He can run all the routes. I don't know what the fuck happened like the last couple of weeks, but he's been having some mental issues with the dropsies. Right. So like he, he had like a really bad drop against the Packers, but then he, he came back and, you know, um, played well in the second half, but I think that he's, he's going to be a big factor. I think he's one of those times where you, you move them all around and you try to get some stuff underneath. You try to do some outside stuff and, you know, he, he's most likely going to be, I don't know, Tyron Matthew or some of the linebackers. He might have some mismatches, um, however you spin it. And I think it's more so in his head. Like, I think he can get the separation. He could get the mismatch to his favor, but he's got to make a play. And I think that Chris Godwin certainly can. And that's where I am putting my X-Factor chips on. Uh, Scotty Miller, uh, obviously, he's good at his own right. You can compare him actually to, like, I don't know, Tom Brady's version of Julian Edelman. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm seeing that because he's white. Short, uh, fast white guy. Yeah, all right. You could say that. Actually, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Scotty Miller made some crucial play. In, <laughs> in fashion. Like, oh, Tom, do- Tom does it again with his with his guy. <laughs> Scotty Miller. But, I mean. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, yeah, I think Godwin's going to be the guy. But. And then on the other side, looking at the at Kansas City, I mean, I really think, you know, it could be your big three. I, I don't know if you saw it. The Steve Kerr was on the radio earlier today, and he had meant, there's a quote basically saying, "Oh, I got a I got a text from a friend who said that uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill are are uh, kind of like uh, Steph, Katie, and Clay." And Steve Kerr was like, "Oh, that's actually a really good analogy." <laughs> so, who's your expector for the Chiefs then? All right, so my, my actually, so my pick. I'm sorry, my pick was Godwin as the X Factor. Who's your pick okay. for the Bucks? Uh, you know, I'm gonna. It's hard for me to say it's going to be one of the tight ends, so I'm going to go with, with the receiver. I'm going to go with Mike Evans. I think he's. I think if if in this game he makes you know some some huge you know red zone deep ball kind of situation or um, you know gets a couple touchdowns, I think he he might be the the, the X factor. Okay, okay. So at least for the Chiefs, and this is something that you just can't teach. You can't teach speed. Okay, yeah. and as we saw last year against the Niners, like the Niners had a awesome defense, awesome cover three defense, Richard Sherman and the gang and whatnot, but they couldn't handle the speed of Tyreek Hill. Like, absolutely not. That's that's one of those things, and you, you saw it. You've seen it time and time again, but no defender, especially when he hits his second, third gear, no one can stop him. Like he will make you look silly. He will make you take these shitty tackling angles just because he's so damn fast, right? Um, Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is going to be the X factor. And whether he makes a play or not, him alone on the field, and where and the double teams and the command of coverage that he will draw will open it up for. Let's just say a Sammy Watkins, McKeel mm-hmm. Hardman, right. uh, a Daryl Williams in the backfield as a receiving running back. But it starts with Tyreek Hill. And as much as I like Kelsey, because Kelsey is certainly one of the best tight ends in the league outside of George Kittle. But I think that Levante David, Devin White, they will do a good job containing him. 
but you just can't. Yeah. Tyree Tyree Kill's presence just has that much of an effect. You may make a good point. We didn't even talk about the other receivers that the, that the uh, Chiefs had who were still pretty good, like um, Watkins and, and Hardman, who we haven't even mentioned before. And that the fact that Hill, just his presence alone, creates opportunities for those other guys. Um, well, here, here's the last Super Bowl. Like, no one really thought much of Sammy Watkins, but he got plenty of plays against the Niners, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a direct correlation because of the effect that Tyreek Hill had on the game uh certainly possible for this game too i mean that's all i'm saying yeah yeah i mean that's a great x factor i'm just gonna i'm just gonna just for for shit's sake i'm just gonna go i'm gonna take kelsey as my non-qb x factor in offense for the chiefs i just think that he's he had a great season he is you know clearly top 1a 1b type uh tight end in the league I think if this comes down to him, you know, getting those those uh, touchdown uh, receptions in the red zone, you can see him having like a two or three type, possibly like a two touchdown type type game um, if they're on top. So, okay, okay. So we talk about matchup. We talk about you know offenses and whatnot. A little bit of defense, but um, let, let's bring it back more big picture. So the Bucks win the Super Bowl because what? Why do the Bucs win the Super Bowl? And I'll ask you the same thing about the Chiefs. Why do the Bucs win the Super Bowl in this instance? <laughs> yeah, um, I think Bucks win the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady and his, um, his GOAT status, essentially. I think he's in a situation where he came to this team because he saw the potential and the weapons that he would have at his disposal that he did not have in New England. Um, we mentioned all the whole, the whole offense and being able to work with a coach in Arians who is so um, focused on that, that I feel like that they will win because of him being able to utilize the resources he has appropriately. Okay. I'm on the other side. I think that the Bucks, if they win the Super Bowl, it's because of their defensive line, which oh. I alluded to in Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, um, you know, they have plenty uh, – Shaquille Barrett. They have plenty of guys where I don't think they're going to need to blitz as much because there's another caveat about the Chiefs. Both starting tackles, Eric Fisher, mm-hmm. um, which Swartz, Mitchell Swartz, oh, they're, yeah. out, they're out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a combination of Andrew Wiley. Um, shoot, I – Totally forgot about the right tackle, but um, <laughs> they're going to have their backups in the Super Bowl, both left and right tackle. Okay, so maybe they don't need a blitz because they can bring just as much pressure up front without blitzing because of those set injuries, right? Patrick Mahomes, while he is healthier with his time to rest, but his foot is in a hundred, so it does make you wonder. So they can get up front and give Patrick Mahomes some pressure. I think that's the reason why they would win the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Why? Chiefs won the Super Bowl due to their high-powered offense and the Bucks unable to keep up with how many points they put on the board. So, uh, you know, we mentioned Tyreek Hill, him being a threat, 
pulling away defenders to create options for other players. I feel like they're just going to put up a lot of points. And I, I, I mean, this 56 and a half is though, I'm definitely taking the over on that. I think this game is going to go, I can see it being a shootout. So that's the why, that's the reason why the Chiefs will win. Okay. Not saying it's going to happen, but Tom Brady, he's more susceptible to turn the ball over than Mahomes, especially when he blitz happens. Mahomes strives when teams blitz him. Tom Brady, not so much. So I think the Chiefs win, not necessarily because they have they have the better defense, but they might have more opportunities to rattle said quarterback and Tom Brady, the, the opposition. They have more of a likelihood to force turnovers on Tom Brady versus the other way around with Patrick Mahomes. And if that happens, then this game could get carried away because if the Chiefs win the turnover battle, like you mentioned before, they have a better high-powered offense in comparison to the Bucks, and that plays perfectly into the to the Chiefs' hand. Meaning, uh, yeah, uh, I think that the Chiefs would win if if that happens. If they're they can blitz, you know, the Bucks they're a little bit more hesitant to blitz because they know that Mahomes can kill them. But right. if the Chiefs blitz. That's a good thing against Brady, you know. One uh one one sector we haven't haven't yet mentioned is uh is special teams. And I'm curious, do you think that special teams on either side will will have any sort of significant impact in this game? Whether it may be a block punt, a some sort of uh, you know uh, um you know uh, uh, punt return for touchdown or anything like that. Well, you know, I I will say this. Uh, whether it's Tyreek Hill or McCall Hardman, it's a lot of speed. True. All right, that's a lot of speed. Hardman could make an, an impact on special teams when it comes to it. I think he does a lot of the punt returns anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. That could be uh, that could be something that goes under the radar, to be quite honest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Again, I don't see a lot of turnovers in this in this game. Um, you know, I think both teams are pretty pretty well buttoned up. Um, but you know, and then games like that, it could just mean the back in, in the event that there is going to be. I mean, you know, there's going to be inter- interception. At least I don't know what how many. I'm sure there's a, some sort of uh, prop bet on that. Obviously, how many interceptions total for the game? Um, it's going to happen at some point. Turnovers occur occur in every game, but. Um, you know, it's a matter of who's going to be, who's going to be in the position, you know, field wise and, you know, timing of the clock, you know, who's, and that goes with the coaching, you know, how well do they manage the clock in these situations, their timeouts and take advantage of being able to get points when they can. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious too, when you, when you go back to play calling and time management, Andy Reid, yeah. he's kind of the worst when it comes to time management. <laughs> He never, he never fucking runs the ball when he should. Like he, he's very pass heavy. He always gets all the praise for his play calling, right? Yeah, but it, it's not always conventional wisdom the way he calls the games a lot of times. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, when it's all said and done, I mean, I don't know. Are you, are you ready to make predictions? I'm ready if you are. I've been, I've been thinking about this uh, kind of back and forth today, and, and honestly, just I think. 
I was I was telling someone earlier today, I was like, I feel like I'm actually looking forward to the Super Bowl because I don't have a, you know, I don't have a horse in this race at all. Um, I just want I know it's gonna be a good game. I, well, I want it to be a good game. Either way, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm not rooting necessarily for one team or the other. Um, clearly, I don't have any ties to either of these teams. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think what will happen I think Kansas City's going to take it in a pretty close game, honestly. Um, so I will say Kansas City in a shootout. Kansas City 35, Tampa Bay like 31. 35, 31 Chiefs, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I I did a I was in a previous pod, the MG Sportscast. Jerry and Mike did great work over there. Made my prediction over there. I might as well keep it consistent. So I did 31-27. It can go either way, Chiefs or Bucks. Okay. 31, but 31-27 Buccaneers. Oh, okay. I think that, as I alluded to, I think that their front seven, that pass rush, will make a difference this game. I think that... The Bucks, while they may not have the best at their positions, because I think Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes, they are the best at their positions at this point right now. But I think overall, when you look at the Buccaneers' offense and defense, they are just very well-rounded, okay? Their offensive line is better with Tristan Wirfs, Donovan Smith. Their, their pass rush is more consistent with their front seven. Their secondary is probably pro- probably a wash in comparison, um, but overall, I, I think that they certainly have the firepower with their receivers. And so, when it's all said and done, you know, if they can bring pressure to Mahomes and, and keep the game honest, I think that Brady's more than capable enough, experienced enough with his tenth Super Bowl to do enough and find yeah. a way in the final stretches, which makes it interesting whether it's a game-winning drive or whatever, but they come out up top 31 to 27. All right. So Super Bowl MVP, want to put it out there too? Sure. Um, uh, I'll just go with if the Chiefs win, I'm going to give them Mahomes. kind of feel like it's kind of almost a given in the situation. Um, but if the Bucks win, yeah, Tom Brady. So kind of kind of going chalk there, but what, what, you, what about you? All right, fine. Uh, if the Chiefs win, I will give it to Tyreek Hill because he will murder them for another 200 yards or some, some shit like that, right? Okay. Um, that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, I think for if the Bucks were to win, since I've been all in about their pass rush, um, be pretty cool if someone with not all 10 fingers wins the MVP. JPP? <laughs> or Paul. Wow, okay. If he were to uh, force a fumble or use his hand, his fingers, to scoop up the ball for a defensive touchdown, that would be pretty cool. And also very fitting that JPP, uh, former Giants who gave Tom Brady hell, would be the <laughs> one that brought it home and got them a Super Bowl. Who was the last defensive player to win a Super Bowl MVP? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to Google it right now. You know? 
super full MVP. It is, oh, not that long ago. Who? I'll give you a hint. He, he had a crazy game. I think about um, played on Denver or plays for Denver. Now or currently? Von Miller. Yes. Okay. I could see so that. That wasn't long ago. That was what? What? It gets, it gets the Seahawks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was what? What? Three or four years ago? Something like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay. So to your points, I mean, pass rushers that make that imme- an immediate impact on the game, that force fumbles, that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's your key to getting an MVP. There you go. So, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, what are your plans for Super Bowl? I mean, are you going to have a big, big ass COVID party with all your all your friends and family? <laughs> What's good with you, my friend? You know, low key, um, yeah. You know, hard to hard to do a lot these days, but you know, just going to enjoy the game, crack open a beer, get some snacks. You know, that's it. <laughs> okay right on right on sounds fun super bowl squares too are you are you ready for that oh i was gonna say i was gonna thank you for um having your auto generator create such um glorious numbers for me with a lot of like twos and eights and stuff in there so i, I appreciate that it's the least i could do to answer <laughs> my co-host you know what, you know what? I, I i will always go back to super bowl uh, I forgot what a couple of years ago, when the um, the Patriots and like, who was it Falcons Falcons, and uh, I think I had like whatever and it was like I had like one and nine or two and nine, and then like they had a missed point after right before half, and I ended up getting the nine. It was so yeah, I'll always be forever grateful for that uh, for that game because of that one one quarter win. I'll be intrigued to see what happens though, honestly, whether it's a safety, a missed extra point, a two point conversion. I mean, you know, yeah, shit, shit happens all the time in the Super Bowl, right? I know. It's true. Um, you looking forward to the weekend's performance? I am actually, uh, I'm a big, big fan of the weekend and, you know, obviously he doesn't have the platform or the, your usual Super Bowl crowd, but I think he'll do a great job. He does a great job live anyway. So he's super dope. Yeah. No bias, but no a lot bias. of bias for him. Yeah. Yeah. That should be good. All right. Hopefully, well, uh, hopefully the commercials are good as well. I know the, the rankings will be up there, so we'll see. All right. All right, for sure. So, hey, guys, appreciate you checking out the pod, whether you check it out on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you may find it because it's on other platforms. Uh, continue to do that. Also, Instagram, at Just the West, Twitter, at Just the West, and the blog, which kind of sucks right now, but, you know, off-season yeah. we'll have more. But www.justthewest.com. Camo, I appreciate your time. Uh, congratulations on heading to the weekend. You know, you made it towards another week and you can enjoy yourself for Sunday. So, guys, until next time, we out here. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday, okay? Peace. <laughs>